People are strange when you are stranger. Faces look ugly when you are alone. Woman seems wicked when you are wanted. Streets are even when you're down. When you're strange, faces come out of the rain. When you're strange, no one remembers your name. When you're strange, when you're strange, when you're strange. Yes, right. yes, yeah. Pat, the, you're the first, man. I'm so echoing the bunny, man. Honestly, man. I have that on vinyl, man. Like, I love echoing the, the bunny, doors, man. Right? Yeah. Oh, man, dude. It's, oh, it's wicked, man. It's wicked. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, dude, yeah. welcome so much to, to, to be on the show here, The Construction Life. I'm so Thank glad you. that we connected. Everybody that's not aware of what's going on, I haven't even hinted to anybody what's going on, right? And uh, I was <laughs> just like, this is insane. Let's just give this a try. And I reached out to Patton, and all of a sudden I was like, okay, let's have a, a podcast with somebody in China, in Hong Kong, and we're going to talk about construction yeah, there. Man. We're going to talk about construction here. We're going to talk about everything that we know between ourselves and then what you're doing. So I'm super excited about all this stuff. It's amazing. Uh, uh, that we made this connection man so welcome awesome awesome magical very magical <laughs> for me i know you're 12 hours ahead so we're eight o'clock in the morning our time on a saturday morning you're eight o'clock at night your time um but mm -hmm. uh we're both wake woken up we're we're here ready to rock and roll and start talking a bunch of stuff man so yeah man I yeah man let's do this i love it all right so first of all everyone reach out and and on ig it's it's uh pata underscore chan right yeah just this account yeah, so P-A-T-A -A underscore C-H-A-N, and then you're the owner, you're the right. director. And then again, how do you pronounce yes. the company again? Uh, Kohania. Kohania is spelled. So the website is www.kwaihinian.com, correct? Yes, and yes, then yes. your email is patachan at that same address.com, and... Uh, first of all, I got to do a little shout out to all the team, the great team at Tools in the Trade for the t-shirt that I'm wearing and they're doing amazing yes. things and I'm sure that they'll be back on the show and we'll have more conversations and they're doing all kinds of a boot camps and spreading the word and getting more people into uh, the construction industry, which is amazing. And so thank you for the tea and the hoodie as well. But now, Pata, like, where do you want to begin, hmm. man? How do you want to start? Uh, anything, man, I'm... You know, you, you're the house. <laughs> when, when did you, did we, I wanted to just figure out, did we first connect when you were in Vancouver? Is that how we first connected? Nah, I was like shouting a question to you, a yeah, DM, about yeah. relocating to Vancouver or anywhere in Canada because that's I had that was. thought last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. it was, man. So yeah, no, no, that's how, and that's been years ago, right? And we always talk and then you've been listening to the yeah. show, you've been paying attention to what's going on and, uh. Yeah. How did you begin in the industry? Where was the, the, the starting point for you? Uh, it's a long story, but I can make it short. Oh, because make it as long dad, as you like, man. Yeah, my dad is a contractor. So that's a short story. <laughs> <laughs> what was he but doing? What was his official title? Uh, to me, honestly, as a, as a kid, I see my father. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Uh, sorry, I swear. No, you can swear. Uh, don't worry. Okay. I just see he's like a deco man, he's a handyman, he do small jobs. And then when I'm a teenager, I start see he's starting to renovate in the whole house. And I because when I was young, teenager, I was a rebellious one. So I remember the first time I officially worked for my dad as a summer job. I was 17. 
this is like a punishment as a punishment <laughs> for me because my mom had forced me to do it because she, she find out I had have a girlfriend when I was 17 which you know in the Chinese family is not allowed it that's a big deal <laughs> so, it's a big deal yeah, I know that kind of yeah but yeah so I have to do that uh, construction job with my dad so I do all the all the demo works I, I pull the wallpaper I, I just general labors I didn't enjoy it every day I just want to leave you know I'm a teenager 17 I don't know I don't have any specific you know it's just the beginning it's a punishment I never like it right so after all these years uh honestly I've been I, I'm more like artistic person. I play guitar. I was in a band. So I, I was 18, 19, 20. I was all doing my music stuff. But, and then around around circle, I got uh, some full-time jobs after I graduated from the art school. I have an art school background. Nice. Um, and I find some decorator jobs. And then that decorator job really changed my mind because the decorator before that, I don't know what decorator means. And that job uh, just bring me to construction because uh, the company I work for, they, they design artworks for hotels and some fit artworks, custom works for the hotels. And then I found, oh, it's it's like something my dad can do too. You know, some something construction related because I never want to go like my dad's path when I was younger. And then... What was the reason, Pata? Uh, what was the reason why you didn't want to go down what your dad was doing? Um, Social? Because, because I consider myself, I want to go to more music path when I was younger. I want to play a band. I want to, you know, just do art. or, or I even choose fine, a fine art yep. as my subject. I do sculpture when I was in the art school. I didn't find anything to do with construction because I never put in my list. That's why, okay. but it's just strange. The the, the fact that the, all the full time jobs I find later, it's just all construction related. And I find myself pretty suitable for that kind of job because I have a dad that which is a contractor, so I can easily fit in that area. And then after all these jobs, I I, I have worked three years for full times when I was twenty three to twenty six, and then two thousand sixteen, I I decided to open a company with my girlfriend. My girlfriend also helped me a lot. She is an interior designer. So, and then I start getting jobs. Friends find me to renovate the house. And some friends are like entrepreneurs. Uh, I thought I got chances to do some renovation for cafe, starting some uh, commercial jobs and retail jobs. Just jobs uh, started pops up. So I just go for it. Just referral. Uh, everything was referral, word of mouth. Everything was just starting off that way. Yes, till now, all the client I have is all word of mouth referral. And so that got you into, okay, so how young are you now? I'm 33 now. Okay, so you've been doing it for just a little less than 10 years, basically, from, I guess, yeah. not wanting to work with your dad to actually getting into art, learning about yeah. art and experiencing that, and then kind of getting back into the industry. But you went in, I mean, technically, Patha, you're you're still doing what your dad was doing or what he was teaching you in the beginning, but you're doing it differently. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because this moment now I, I I've been working with my dad like every day. Now you're just different side. I have my own side. He got his own side. We're doing the same kind of thing, but not together all the time. It's just funny. 
I cooperate with my dad almost every day now. <laughs> Is he Turns still out. he's still working away? He's still doing stuff in the in the industry? Yeah, he do. It's amazing. He's 72 now. He's still working his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz he loves it? Uh yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, well, I, I, I have to say, he doesn't find other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to get into a bunch of the stuff that you've created because it's actually beautiful stuff. And, and actually, just before the mic, we started rolling. I was just talking with Angelina here, and, and we were just saying it's amazing how some of that doesn't filter here. I'd love to see more mm -hmm. of that here. And I wanted to get yeah. your thought. Why do you think it's not here? Why is it that maybe the North American culture doesn't want to embrace these creative ideas? I don't really get. <laughs> no, like, like we, 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 I find that design wise, when it comes to uh, mm. specifically commercial spaces, we're a lot mm -hmm. safer. We don't want to take risks. You know what I mean? And, and I'm just like, ah. why is that? Why is it that we, we have that kind of mentality? And, and then versus when you go to you guys, like in Asia, or you go into Europe, mm. it, it's different. Everybody's always willing to try to push the artistic mm. the creative angle a little bit further. Mm. Um, mm. Like why, why do you think that? Uh, it's strange. What kind of, um, can you point out which specific project you're talking about? You say it's so different there, there's, from North America. I don't know. I'd have what to pull they? it up. But the thing is, there's some of your projects that it's inviting. I've always been, uh, I've been gra like, I gravitate towards places when I want to walk in and I want to see certain technique. I start paying attention to little details and I can see that in your mm. work. I can see that you've spent mm. an effort to actually work tirelessly on little tiny details versus here mm. they'll design something that's more of a grander scope and it's just like the overall mm. you know what I, like Pat, it's kind of like when you first walk into a place here you have a sensory mm -hmm. overload but when you walk into a place where you guys are and, and what you're building there's details mm -hmm. that you have to kind of sift through to find that and then appreciate the quality that's where i'm seeing mm. the difference do you see the same thing i see kind of differently Okay. But I can answer this question because I think the sizes of the projects here in Hong Kong, just Hong Kong, is rather small because Hong Kong is very famous for tiny spaces, super expensive places. Everything is small and tiny and compact. So designers in Hong Kong tends to do more detailed things so you can look around and see, oh, that's the detail there. Maybe that's that's what you're talking about. But yes. what I see on... Uh, I've never been to Canada, but I've been to like North America. I've been to New York. I've been to Europe too. I see differently because all the projects you guys have, uh, the size is gigantic for me. It's, it's so big, bigger. Yes. Yeah. It's already amazed me. So I'm amazed by the size <laughs> and you are amazed by my detail. Okay, probably. I don't that's, know. <laughs> the, that, that's the truth. That's the exact, what, what's the average size, so to speak for a business there, like a cafe or a restaurant, what kind of a size are you, are you dealing with? Uh, cafe can be very diverse. Uh, can be 200 square feet, very small okay. to 2000 square feet. I have been 200 square Count, feet. Yeah. Huh? I've loved, I, yeah. I love it. 200 square feet. That's all you Residential need, more crazy. Residential, I have did a smallest one for my friend. It's 150 square feet. 150, and what was in that 150 square feet? A so-called living room, which is a, 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 a sofa, a sofa bag, yes. and a TV stand, yes, and then a very pathetic desk, 
a little tiny desk so you can do something on it. And then, kitchen? Uh, There's got to be a kitchen in there, no? Yeah, it's kitchen like eight by six. Yeah, eight by six about. And, uh, and a very compact toilet with a stand, 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 standing shower. Yeah, because that's like uh, the typical type of uh, public estate. The, uh, we, we got many different houses here, though, because um, man, uh, a variety of re uh, residential that usually is called public estate. Yes. Public estate is a housing that built by the government. And that contain a lot of population here in Hong Kong. And that's also the main, main, main kind of project that my dad do. That's why I don't like it because it's all typical, rather boring and small. Yep. And and the money is not good till it's right. it's tight. Trust me, Pat, I'm in the same boat. I, I, I get really, really tired of what's been done over and over. Uh we call it here cookie cutter. Like it's just like it's pretty straightforward. Huh. You just do it, everyone shows up, they know what to do. It's yeah. nice, steady work. It's nice, steady money, but it doesn't allow you to be creative. Um, it it, yes. it like it chokes. It chokes the creativity. And I know that it doesn't that, require creativity. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. So I mean, okay. So I wanted to. Um, are you still pulling off all kinds of artistic side things on the side? Because I say that once you get into the arts, you stay in the arts, man. You never leave it. So yeah. You just translate yeah. it into different platforms. I still play guitar. Nice. Every time, every second, I, I I got free time. I play guitar. I I read books. I I watch movies. Tons of movies. I'm a movie guy. Yeah. I listen to music. Yeah. That's the artistic side of me. Artists just work. <laughs> and then uh, you know what? Before we even dive into further stuff, I want to ask you about because uh, someone brought it up recently. Uh, scaffolding mm. in China, bamboo. Mm. Mm. Now, yeah. It's legitimate, right? Like, and it's strong and it's proper, right? Like, is that uh, is that how it is? Or you tell us a little bit more about it. Actually, you don't find bamboo scaffolding in China. Okay. You only find in Hong Kong. Just in Hong I Kong? Think, yeah, I think that's the last place you, you can see. Someone said they, they, they found it in South Asia, like Thailand or Philippines, somewhere. I never saw it. I've never been there. Okay. Just, but... But around all China, because I've been many places in China too, you don't see the bamboo no more. They use all metal scaffolding now. So Just what, Hong Kong is the bamboo. What makes the bamboo scaffolding so strong and so good? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think it's so good or strong. It's kind of still, every time I step out of a bamboo scaffolding, I, I still shake. <laughs> because I'm afraid of afraid of height, you know. No, I, I, I know the older the older we get, scares we, me. Yeah, we get a little wobbly, man. So I've never been on one. I've only seen it. I've never been on one, but I was just curious about it. Okay, so if that, you have a chance, you have, you have to stop one. You have to <laughs> you feel yeah. it. It's, it's always shaking. It's always moving. So it's like being on a boat. Uh, it's not like but it's okay, but because they got certificate certificate for a uh, bamboo scaffolding. Yeah, so they still have a liability for it, but. That's the case. <laughs> That's a traditional way of uh, any window removal or plumbing or drainage work. You need to have bamboo scaffolding. They do it this way. So you're a temporary for like one week or two weeks. And that's it, right? Um, okay, yeah. so, so then I, I want to get to the idea of uh, how is construction perceived there? How is it looked upon there? If you're in construction, what kind of a person are you if you're in construction in, in Hong Kong? 
after I listened to all this construction life from your side, yeah, I found that the people who, who, who get involved in the construction is pretty similar. Okay. It's like, uh, you know, you don't go to school, you go construction, basically. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's because there's many different labors, labors from China, labors from Pakistan, also labor locally. And it's all like, I hate to say this word, but it's like lower end education yep. people. They, they, they choose the, yeah, the construction. It's, it's still looked upon the same way here. That's kind of attached to it. So it's just interesting to hear from you over there that it's still looked yeah. upon very similarly, right? So I, I, yeah. I understand. I totally understand. But I mean, your dad's in it. And so the family must be proud, somewhat, like attached to it. They, they must have some sort of uh, pride for it because of what he's built and what you're building too, right? No, is that mm-hmm. not the case? Because, I mean, you're, you're taking construction to a different level. So there still has to be passion and pride there. Yeah, true, true. Uh, but in fact, my mom doesn't like it at the beginning because she she always wants me to go to the academic path. You can, you know, go to university, find a steady jobs and that that kind of path. And turns out I become, uh, I followed my dad's path. But I, I just have to prove her uh, I can success, success in this way. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like you are, right? So, I mean, the work is there. I'm going there. Has it been busy for you? Like, has it been a, a nice, steady climb? Or are you concerned yes. about? Uh, are you concerned that there's not enough work, or is there always? Are you thinking there's always going to be enough work for your business? Honestly, the beginning was uh, because I started my company in 2016. It's it's like always increasing my job with a variety of job, different projects coming up. It's unbelievable. I can never imagine how many friends refer me to different kind of projects. And then after this pandemic, yeah, you can feel it. The, the job is getting tighter. And then the budget is always tighter. And then beginning of this year, I can feel it. It's getting less job. So in 2016, you were submitting prices that were in line and comfortable. You're building a business. But as you kept on growing, now prices and mm-hmm. budgets are kind of coming down and they're becoming a little tighter? Yeah. Is that going to continue next year, you think? Yeah, I think so. It's very obviously economic is declining. Yes. Uh, and and people, contractors are kind of lack a job, so become more competitive in pricing. So, yeah. It's, it's really, it, it's like... As, it, as you said, it's a decession. It's, yeah, it is, right? We are, we're talking about it and everything's fine like that. But I, I'm still fascinated. And, I, and I've got a lot of other people that are going to come on the show that are outside mm-hmm. of North America. And I just, there's this common thread. There's this common theme that construction mm-hmm. is always the same. Doesn't matter if it's halfway around the world or if it's here. And, and I'm just mm-hmm. fascinated by that. I'm very, very interested by that. And it's just like we're, we speak the language of construction, but we don't actually speak each other's language but we still know mm. what's going on on the other side, right? So I, I'm fascinated by right. that. I'd, I'd love for you to walk us through the process of the work and how you get started with a client and your relationships with the, the contractors and each of them and then the diversity, I guess, between the client and you and the space, the workers and the, the finished product. Mm. Can you walk us through all of that? Yeah. Um as I said, most of the client they refer by friend. 
So we usually just like start from a WhatsApp chat. We go to find schedule a day, go to site meeting. Um, usually, there's two type of client um, because one some find me because they know me, some hear about me, so they want me to do some tendering for them, which I hate. You're tendering against always, how many other companies are you tendering normally? Normally, it's like three to four. Okay, uh, all right. I have been to pump into one client that opened like franchise Chinese style restaurant. They said I'm the 18th, 18th contractors on their list. Oh, come on. And I directly turn around and you turn and get out of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not that's not fair for you. That's not fair for 15 yeah. of them. That's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. obvious like a waste of time. Yes. And then uh let's go back to the the the, the procedure, right? I got the client and if I win the tender and then usually they, they have an interior designer, we uh, read the drawings, confirm the drawings and walk the site again. And then I submit a quotation. And a quotation is based on the preliminary drawings. And then, yeah, confirm the quotation, we start work. I think the procedure is pretty similar, right? It's very so similar, right? How much work yeah. or how much effort do you put when you're submitting your tender, how, how extensive do you get? Do you just get into the quotation or are you actually submitting some renderings or some ideas? Are you, are you not going that far? No, no, I basically strictly just contracting part, just okay. building works. Okay. So yeah. just the numbers, just the initial numbers. And then you submit that and then you're, you're either considered or not considered at that point. And a detailed quotation, which I learned from, um, books I bought from the Amazon because that that's also crucial important point I want to raise because in Hong Kong you want to do a contractor it's, it's very old school style quoting you can see as as I see my there just a blank paper and a pencil maybe a pen just write down the items on it and then sign your name on it off it and then send it to to the client that's it, it can be simple as that yes okay a handshake but basically. What I learned, yeah a handshake but what I learned uh, like a proper way, I read books about how to become a contractor. I want to raise this book too. Sure. Uh, this book helps me a lot. Starting your career as a contractor, how to build and run a construction business. By whom? Let me see the title of the author there. That's at the very bottom there. Claudio. Claudio yeah. Fatu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you like that book a lot? This is like my first book that I, I found I have to read because uh, you said how to start it. Like as the title, I want to learn this in a proper way. You yes. Know? So uh, I I found a more detailed quotation is is very safe, safer for you, safer for the client, right? Because uh, you can be precise how like building a wall, uh, plaster with plasterboard, two layers uh, insulation with what what kind of frame you use, what kind of screw you use. Uh, yeah, as detailed as you can, so you can get the make the feeling, and let the client feel you the professional. When you guys are working with clients, what what value do they put the time attached to the project instead of the price? Is the time on how quickly you can get this done more valuable than the price, or is the price more valuable than the time? I think both 50-50%. That's how they look at it, right? But if it's a commercial yeah. space, do they press you even further? Because if it's a if it's a restaurant or some sort of hospitality, um, yes, they then then time actually is a very critical part of your quotation. No, true, true, 
True. Okay. All right. So now we're getting into the job and now you've, you're hiring all the contractors or you, it's your responsibility to find all the contractors or you already have a team, Pata? Uh, I, I do have a team. I have two employees. Uh, at 2017, I used to have five employees. And turns out I have to size down because I found if you have too much employee trying to do different jobs, it's harder to manage that that many people. And then later, uh, I started to supply out all the trades, like the masonry, like the, we only do the paint job, demolition, little demolition, small demolition. Uh, uh, we supply out all the E&M, plumbing and drainage, all the HVAC, or basically every trade I supply out. I just have two employees just like work like general laborers helping me because uh, my dad is um, more like he, he paint a lot. Yeah. He really like uh, mainly a painter. So we all follow, follow this trade more. So working with the client and working with the trades and then there's changes. Obviously there's always changes, right? You guys, people yeah. change their mind, right? How do you yeah. handle that? Is, is that? is that a common thing that goes on in construction there? Yeah, we uh, we call VO, right? Variation order. Variation order. Yeah, that's like a, not a, sh- a shit of paper. I kind of like you that title more your, than your... ours. Ours is change order. I like variation <laughs> order. I like that a lot. Yeah, the, the VO. <laughs> the the VO. VO fuck me, me hard. <laughs> Come over yeah, here and here's another hard. VO for you. No, no, I like that. Okay. <laughs> Big uh, I, I had a hard lesson on the VO because okay. I, I have did one project back in 2017, I reckon. Uh, it's a split unit in the inside industrial building. It's like a common thing for if you're a landlord, you own an industrial building, like uh, 3,000 to 4,000 square feet. In Hong Kong, there's many industrial buildings because in the 60s and 70s, Hong Kong is famous for industrial. Yes, yeah. We, we, we make toys, we make textile goods, we export to internationally, right? And then back to the 90s, all the factory moved to China. There's no more factory in Hong Kong. All, all this empty industrial building got no uses. And then there's the scene, some artists like uh, like people like me make music, yes. want to make noise. They rent all this industrial building as a studio. I used to have a studio industrial building too. I used to live in an industrial building too, back in the days. And then that project is about to split a 3,000 square feet unit into 40, 41 room, I guess. 41 little rooms as wow. a storage places. Okay. Okay. It's because Hong Kong, you know, it's very tight. Space. Everything is tight. Space, yes. Yeah. And what, what that, that guy that, uh, the boss, the boss at the time, wanted me to split forty-one unit from uh, for, in that industrial building, and I'm the, just a subcon. The main contractor do the partition wall or the, or the doors or the um, structural, and I do the fit out. Okay. And then the main contractor did half of it, and then left and gone. <laughs> Why did he leave? Nobody knows. Nobody know. He just take deposit and do half of the work and, and just fucking gone. Pata, no I'm talking to another guy. Canadian contractor right now. This happens all the time. Yeah. This happens anywhere. Yeah, right, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So he does it's half global. the job, takes the money, and leaves. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
And I have to go to a site and see all the war is not finished. And I, ah, fuck, I have to, you know, I still have a schedule. I, I, I reckon it's a summer. I, I step in the site at June. The site, the main corn already gone. And then the boys come here. Hey, Parrot, you have a crew too, right? You have sub, uh, you have people. Let's find someone to finish that. So, uh, the story goes, I, I have a fit out quotation and then I have the weak quote, which is we call the variation order now. The variation order is to finish the job from the main contractors and, okay. and then I do the fit out later. So, hang, I hang on, so you called it a V quote? Uh, a VO. A v, so, order. it's a VO quote, right, at that point. So, now yeah. you're getting yeah. a request from the client that's saying it's a variation order, it's a VO, and now you're changing that over to a VO quote. Now you're submitting that yes. to do the change. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. And then I, that's the trickiest part. I submit a VO, but I never got paid for that VO. Uh, I got paid for the deposit for the fit out part, which okay. is, should be the later phase, right? Yes. And then I, I do, I finish all the shit from the main coin and I do the fit out like 50, 60% done. And I want more money. I call the boss and then he is walking around. He's, just don't want to pay me. Just don't want to pay because he, he, I don't know. No, I know. We, we know why. We know why. All right. We know exactly why. Uh, okay. I didn't do not, nothing wrong to that site, honestly. Yes. I, I do it on time too. But it just, I, I never got paid. So I left. So that's a hot story for me for the VO. So every time, if I need to issue a VO, I need the client to sign on site. And then fucking pay me immediately. <laughs> That's how we do it here. And it usually takes one lesson to learn how to do it that way. Right? So, yeah. no, we all have learned that lesson, Pat. Honestly, we all totally have learned that lesson, man. Yeah. But, um, we should I'm, all protect ourselves. Well, we should somehow. But I think it's just, uh, I think a lot of people in construction are nervous to bring up money. I think they're a little sure. scared to, uh, okay, sure, this is a change. This is an order. It's a VO. We get it. But pay me now. Mm. Pay me now before I do the work, and then I'll do the work, and then we move on from there. And everyone's happy at that True. point. But that's generally is what, what happens sometimes. Let me let me take a little pause here to do a little history and construction. And obviously, we want to talk about oldest buildings in Hong Kong. Um, you apologize for me my, my pronunciation here, but you might know it more than me. The late Lei Cheng. No the Lei Cheng, uh, Han Tum. Is that right? Ching. Ching. Lei Ching, Ching. Yeah. The Qing dynasty, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the Han Tum, right? It's a first and second century cross-shaped structure made on bricks. Accidentally discovered in 1955 during construction work, likely built for a Chinese officer, but no bodies were found within the tomb. Tomb was sealed in the 1980s for preservation reasons for uh, after suffering the rainwater damage. Uh, then we have huh. the, sorry. I never heard this Qing. I thought that tomb is from different dynasty. I don't, it's it's even a, older. L, L E I. <laughs> and then it's uh, C H E N G. I don't know it. L E I. And then C H E N G. The UK Han H A N tomb. Ah, Le Cheng Ok. Ah. Okay. Le Cheng Ok. That too makes exactly where, where, where I where I lived when I was small, near to it. Oh, really? Same district. Okay. Yeah. So they covered, they co closed it up. They covered it up and left it there. They uh, sealed it up again back in the eighties. Yeah. Now it's like a small museum. Oh, okay. You should be thinking that I, uh, I think it's nineteen fifty-five, right? 
the dick that dick yeah. out that too. Yeah, yeah. it was right? discovered in 1955. Yeah, because uh, I have been to that museum for wow so many times. It's just the same neighborhood when I got nothing to do. Summertime, just went in there, have some AC. You know, when I was small. <laughs> Is it beautiful? Are you impressed by the way it was built back then? I it's it's it's, it's small. It's, it's okay. Small. It's not. This is not something shocking. Okay. The second one, uh, we've got three of them here. The second one is the, the Tung Chung Fort. Is that right? Ah. T-U-N-G. Ah, right, right, right. right. Uh, that's late 12th century. Uh, built uh, to station soldiers fighting salt smugglers uh, from Lantau, Lantau Island. And then was later occupied by pirates, including uh, Cheng Pong Sao, or T-S-A-I, a famous pirate who was known to the Portuguese Navy as Quan yes. Apon Chang uh, during the Battle of the Tiger's Mouth. Uh, served as yes. a police station, then as a college, was declared a monument in 1979. A lot of history, man. Uh, and then the third one <laughs> is uh, Tin Hao Temple. Is that right? Okay. Uh, that's Josh. That's many Tin Hao Temple, though. Which it's, one? It, uh, the Josh House Bay. The Josh, Josh House, House Bay in Bay. 13th century. Uh, it was built to avoid evil spirits from the north, prevent floods, and help with the Tangs win a title in the Imperial Examination, declared a monument in 2001, made of mud mm. bricks and granite, believed to have previously mm. had seven floors reduced to three due to erosion. Mm. So That's many Tin Hao Temple, because Tin Hao is the goldness of the sea. Okay, so, I got it. All right, I understand. Every district is, is seaside by, by the sea. They have the Tinao Temple. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Pat, I want to go, how do you guys build? Like, your walls, your structures, are, is it all metal studying? Is it drywall? Like, uh, all those details. I'm, I'm pretty sure the plumbing is very similar. You guys are running all uh, some sort of a PVC material for drain, uh, for supply. Yes. Um, you're yes. not doing copper, are you? We do copper. Oh, yeah, do we do a lot well. of copper. Oh, really? Uh, soldering yeah. or crimping? Yeah. Uh, both. 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 Okay. Both. For water inlay, it's all copper usually because the old time is metal pipe. And all the metal pipe, um, you usually find building apartment built before the 70s or I believe it's 70s. It's all metal pipe, all concealed because you see Hong Kong is a concrete jungle. All the yes. houses is made by concrete. And you put a concealed metal pipe in the in the concrete, it will crack some days, right? It's gonna so that's a lot of jobs for plumbers to change the metal pipe to copper pipe. Wow, that's a yeah. big job. Yeah, PVC we use as a drainage. Yes, and also a smaller PVC we use a con as a in um, uh, electrical conduit. Or oh, they they both PVC. So with the electrical, you're doing, I guess, more of like similar to the European way where you're running all the lines to certain sources and then sources to fixtures at that point, right? You're not running direct yes. lines to each fixture and each switch. Yes. You're yes. UK yeah. style. UK, exactly. UK style, right? Yeah. Um, yes. And then the walls themselves, I know that the perimeter generally is concrete or concrete slabs. Um, yes. But then what are you guys doing, I guess, for insulation or for framing? It's all metal framing, metal studs. It's not, or you guys are starting to use wood too, no? Uh, some depends because wood is slightly more expensive yes. than the metal stud. So depends, depends. Um, we, we can have wood also metal partition wall for drywalls. Uh, I have this some um, recording, two recording studio, use both metal and wood for acoustic um, 
they have a what we call Ironman. Yeah. Because Wustan is better for sound absorption. Yes. For for raising the floor, we also use the Wustan, and uh, furring of wool also use Wustan. Yeah. And then what are you Both. putting on the surface there? Are you guys doing all drywall or is it all plastering, cement boards or anything like that? What is that? Cement board is pretty weird. Where we don't always use it. Really, it's this green board. Okay. If you want, like, like kind of waterproofing, uh, yeah, and also the regular plaster board. Okay. And also sometimes it's uh, plywood. Plywood also common to use as a furring of a wall. As a substrate for a wall, and then you're what you're scratch coating over it to create uh, the final layer of the of the wall surface. Yeah, we do do the plastering and then we paint or maybe wallpaper sometimes. Yes. Yes. I was a few years back, I was in uh, Japan and one of the, mm. the greatest things that I noticed were all the mini construction or concrete trucks. And and I thought ah. I thought they were amazing because it's so tight, so spaces and everything like that. You can't run like you know the size of our trucks here. They're massive, right? Our mm. our concrete trucks. I'm assuming you guys have the same kind of idea there when you're bringing concrete in. It's all smaller vehicles, smaller uh, concrete trucks, right? We don't usually pour concrete. Honestly, I've never been pouring concrete because what I did is like interior fitting out jobs here. What concrete means to us is always like a finishing surface. We 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 do we use concrete as a screening when we build a, like a sandline brick wall. Yeah. We use like we we do use concrete as a screening, and then we use uh, a ready mixed mud yes. to plaster on it. Yes, and then we we sand it and then we paint it. And that's it. So that's... we we usually don't have a we we never been pouring concrete. We don't we don't we don't need to. No, because everything's so all paneled now. Everything's all designed and then craned and put into place if you're using concrete panels, right? Yeah, it depends on the job because I never build a whole house. Yes. It's always inside a big building, you know, yes. just one unit. So it's no use for, for us to pour concrete. We just do finishing phase. So I wanted to ask you, Pato, like how many do you guys have the same kind of breakdown for trades? Is it like there's an electrician there, there's a plumber there, there's an HVAC yes. person there? Um, HVAC there is more radiant, or it's not forced air, correct? Uh, honestly, I don't really understand. Okay. <laughs> I don't really have a thought about HVAC. I just hand it to my subs. And they do it? Yeah, they do it. Because but I'm... Do they do? Are I'm, are they doing more radiant heating and cooling, or are they focusing on uh, wall-mounted heat pumps kind of thing? Do you remember? Radiant, I guess. But the heating is weird here because we our winter is not that cold. No, no. Yeah, we don't snow, so we we don't heating is like luxury for us. We don't have heated floor. It's not common at all because we don't need that. It's not that cold, but the cooling is yeah. Uh, for residential, it's only two type of uh, AC, window type or split type. Mm -hmm. That's it. For commercial, yeah, they have a water uh, what how we call it in English, uh, the water tank type. That the uh, yeah, geo uh, geothermal. Pipe. It's like yeah, ge or yeah, yeah, like a geothermal, right? Yeah, geothermal. Yeah, chiller pipe connecting yeah. to the fan coil. Yeah, that kind, that type. Yeah, so okay. that shouldn't be radiant, right? 
Uh, that's not radiant. No, that's not radiant. That's a, it's a different style at that point, right? Um, yeah, you call it geothermal. We call it geothermal know. here, where you're basically taking the cool of the bottom of the lake, the bottom of any water source, and you're pumping it into the building, and that that coolness is actually right. keeping the structure cool. And then since the structure is concrete, it retains that coolness, and that's how it stays. Right. It stays that way, which actually works, uh, but it's very expensive to do it for single dwellings or single residential, it makes a lot more sense when you're doing a commercial application for that. Mm. But the right, trades themselves, right. they're all separate. So like electricians are one trade, plumbers are another trade. Then you start getting yes. into finished carpenters or is it fabrication? Like the carpenters themselves, what is their scope of work there? Uh, carpenter nowadays are having a hard time because for Hong Kong, let's say residential, a house, um, all the furnitures we have a trend we bought it from China so once the furniture is sized it's measured and sent back to the site you just need a carpenter to install it just wall mounted on the wall like it's easy like it's, like, it's so much easier than the old days you make all the furniture on site but because the carpenter the salary is raised so expensive so no it's very very rare to see carpenter making furniture excite it's all about installation now so it's so the carpenter uh, turns out they become the partition guy we, we call them partition guy if you need a partition wall it was made by wood we find carpenter to do that if you are furring a wall or make a full ceiling we use the carpenter too so do the carpenters carpenters sorry yeah. no no go ahead i was just gonna uh, say do the carpenters feel I guess neglected or like because they they have a skill set to do something else but then they're asked to do these smaller things these less detailed oriented things yes yes i feel very sorry for them but it's just the market is the trend is like this okay. everyone is buying furniture from china because it's cheap and we are near to it and then we just need carpenter or some maybe just general labors to hang the cabinet and that's it it's a shame yeah, it's a shame. And then, what about the flooring? Would it be a one trade for tiling, one trade for any kind of hardwood material, or is it one person only does all types of flooring? Uh, we do have Tyler. Tyler okay. could be considered to the like uh, masonry guy. Okay, masonry guy. They they usually they build a wall, uh, lay bricks, and then do the, the screening, the flooring, tiling, or we call them generally the masonry guy. And then for for the flooring guy, we find a different flooring company. They also have their master to do the flooring, the hardwood floor, uh, some some new kind of floor that's like what engineer wood. Yes, they have a finger joint type yeah. of flooring. It's also very trendy here. Yeah, and it's always yeah. floating, or is it glued down? Ah, uh, floating. It's always floating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And durable too, right? Like that's how we're looking at it here. Everybody's looking for more of a durable thing that's floating, mm. click in place, leave it in place, or they do full glue if it's going to be that way. But that's one of the other. Those are the two options that you have here. Uh, the, I I think the border they glue it down and also use the skirting as more add more strength to it. Nice. Ah, uh, it's just floating. Now the masons, they are they far and few. Is it hard to find masons there in Hong Kong? Like I mean. I'm assuming that it might be difficult. It's not that difficult. There's to a me. lot. Okay. I don't, uh, 
it just because I, I got my dad. It got uh, many friends. Yeah. It okay. got it got many trades. I just <laughs> every time I got a you know, people issue, I, I just call him. You have this kind of guy, I just need a couple of them to help me for, for that kind of projects. So it's not that really hard for me to find the right guy. Well no, find people, but the right guy is hard to find. And then back to the furniture and fabrication of any kind of uh, pieces that you're developing that you, you, I'm assuming you're rendering everything from, from the very beginning. You've submitted the quotation, you've got the job. Mm. Part of that quotation mm. is the furnishings, tables, and all kinds of uh, fabricated items. You're mm. outsourcing all of that as well too. You're submitting renderings and designs and sizes and then someone else is doing that work and then it gets on site and then you're facilitating putting that work together. True. Okay. Uh, if if a project that's considered as a design and build, uh, they, they need my company to do design and build, which I refer the, the design job to my girlfriend. She will find uh, do the furniture drawings and then submit to client, confirm them. We send to the factory from China too. Okay. So we go to the factory before the pandemic. We can go to the factory and and check it. But now, because the pandemic, we cannot go. We just use WeChat and then send pictures and as a confirmation and send the furniture down and then just install it, put it in places. And it's been pretty good. It shows up pretty much the way you've uh, she's designed it and, and rendered it and put it together and it looks pretty good. Yeah, it's always good. But yeah, can be shit happen. No, sometimes. there's always <laughs> risk in, in certain things happening. And then, I yeah, mean, uh, how, uh, I, I guess... What what level of quality or detail are we getting into? I mean, are you rendering something and then you're really happy about this is what I want to try to pull off and then you get it fabricated and it it gets reduced, I guess, the design because they try, they try to streamline it? Is that what happens sometimes? Uh, for furniture, I think it can be very detailed. Furniture, I don't rely on... You know, what, what do you mean rendering? It's a 3D rendering, a picture, right? A drawing or something. or A drawing, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Specifications and everything like that. But then you might have certain details in there that might be a little yeah. too difficult for fabrication. So then they kind of, I guess, streamline it, reduce it. And then it, it's not exactly the way she or you have you drawn it, right? And then they... Yeah. They, does that happen because of fabrication, the manufacturing process? It do happen sometimes, but until you... I find some good factory in China. They they do it can can be exactly like the drawings. They're pretty good. Nice, nice. And then I want to go through some of your portfolio, Pata. I mean, let's let's talk about some of the jobs that you've done and stuff mm. that you've liked that you, that has st stood out, right? So when people are listening mm. and they can go and check a look at the website, they can see what you're talking about regarding some of the quality there. Sure, sure. Let's go. So what is it that one of the jobs that you're really proud of that you're really happy with? I built a club last year. It's a, like a light club in Soho district. We also have a Soho here. Nice. Because uh, there's a place called Lan Kwai Fong. It's like the place for drinking, have fun. Uh, many foreigners go to that that area. The, it's a nightclub down in the back alley of, of a, originally a, a dirty alley. The entrance is exactly at the back alley, and then you find it. You walk through the alley and you push the door. It's like a high, high ceiling nightclub. It's rotten. It's it got a brand new aged look. What I what I said is the designer is a UK guy. He did an amazing job for all the rustic, uh, 
what, what you call it, or oldish style, very like a uh, weather rock and roll. Yeah, like a weathered look or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, lack of words. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's totally fine. What's the name of the club? It's called Quality Good Club. Quality. Quality. Yeah. Okay. Quality Goods Club. Okay. Cool. And so there's a massive door yeah. to enter, and then what else goes on inside the club there? What other ideas were presented and built? That there's a small stage. There's a small stage for DJ, also live band playing. Uh, old function one gigantic 20 inch i believe speakers hanging on the wall there's like 10 of them is it's not a big club it's around 100 a thousand two hundred square feet okay they're rather tight but feels pretty good sounds also good because sound is also you know i'm a band guy so i really consider about the sound how i engineer about the stage how how the trunking works go to the audio control room or the amps how they store you need a ventilation for the amp room i enjoyed that part of engineering work because we have to really customize for the uh, depends the, the space in hong kong which is always tight how you how you put things together it's uh, not always practical. a box either right it's not always a yeah a square cube or, or anything like that and then you're challenged with how to make this work and then plus designer wise where the stage is going to be where the the main source of music is going to come from and then where you have to locate everything from there yeah true okay but also one one more add to the club because the club is like a basement that's a i feel one two three four big pillar column in the middle of the of the dance floor so it looked kind of strange for me and also acoustically you have to think about how because a giant concrete in the center of the dance floor can cause acoustic problem yes so they hire acoustic consultant to tell me how to fill that column it's pretty funny originally it's just a, a concrete column and then i have to put uh, aluminum frame on it and then insulate it with rock rule one layer and then and then lay brick on it and then grout it and it becomes like a sound containment cone. It's pretty amazing. You know, they, the cone absorbs the, the base frequency. So was that brick veneer or was that solid brick? Solid bricks. Solid bricks. So you're, you're getting, okay, I'm assuming this pillar because this, these pillars are holding up the whole building. I'm assuming yes. what's the diameter of each of the pillars? Probably about two feet. Yeah. Two feet. So it's a two foot Six. pillar and then you're putting a metal frame around it. Are you adhering or structurally fastening that metal to the, the actual pillar or are you leaving a gap? I will leave an air gap. Yeah. We and, do. and then you're putting yeah. rock wall inside there. Yes. And then you're putting full brick around the whole perimeter and that's yes. dampening the sound in the actual, the room, the overall room. Yes. I'm trying to figure, I, I understand the gap, I understand the metal, I understand the rock wall. I'm trying to understand the solid brick on how, I guess the sound hits the brick and it still goes through and it hits the, the rock because wall? Because that kind of brick, I don't really have an exact name for it. It's, it's oh. a common brick we use in Hong Kong. What I Google it, it's called a lime sand brick. I, I don't believe it's a true name. It's, it's, it's a composition of lime. It's concrete color. You got many little bubble on it. So 
I think the trick is that the sound can really penetrate through the little holes of the brakes. Uh, and then the roll will absorb Now I get it. And now I told, yeah, because a clay brick yeah. wouldn't work. A lime, you would have the voids. You'd have the sound mm. transmission through that void of the brick. Yeah. And then it would go yes. get trapped in the rock wall and then not bounce back from the actual pillar or resonate mm. from the pillar. And now you've dampened all the sound. And how many, there was four pillars in the main stage or the main part of the dance floor? Yes. That's interesting that you did that. And it worked, right? It totally worked. It it do works. Yeah. That's that's pretty interesting. I like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so the acoustical engineer came up with that and then you were tasked with actually building that. And then when you were building it, were you thinking, is this gonna work or is it was it lining up properly or or you were kind of questioning, is this not gonna work? I'm not I sure. I do, I do I do questioning all the time. Okay. Because this is one thing the acoustic consultant raised up. Another thing is about the stage. Uh, the acoustic consultant proposed the stage to put on what do you call a per perforated. Yes. You mean a, a perforated metal panel? Yes. On, on the stage behind, and then behind is a full piece of acoustic panel. Okay. It's like half inch thick. It's black in color, and then you put a perforated metal sheet on top of the acoustic panel. They call this procedure can absorb the lowest frequency for the like uh, the, from the bass, okay. and also avoid some kind of shaking issue. I question it because I play in a band. Uh, they put a uh, what do you call the, the the drum set the the cymbal, yeah, yes, the cymbal hit, hitting against the metal. That should be bounced very high frequency and make your ear hurt, right? Yes. So I questioned that, and then it turns out it's okay. It works. So it works. Yeah, it works pretty good, and no one complain about, and no drummer complain, even playing in front of a metal shit because probably it's perforated, it's penetrating through. But when I do it, I I do question that. So how close I, was I that perforated metal to the actual drum kit? Was it right behind him? Right beside them? Right behind. Right behind. Huh? Literally, yeah, right behind. Wow, Surrounded. that's interesting too. Yeah. That uh, okay, so perforated metal, because you know that metal is yeah. not the best material, but I guess if it's done with the sound baffening behind it and then the holes in it, sound again mm. goes through it and then it gets trapped. Yeah. Okay, and then it's a yeah. bounce back. So I kind of I'm I'm always fascinated by acoustical way of, of looking at things and, and rooms and walking. Me too. In. It's really interesting how you can do certain things to build the environment a little bit better. Right. So, and yeah. then I, I'm yeah. curious about the, the floor, the flooring I'm assuming is concrete, but was it left concrete or was it also changed? Was a, a different kind of material was put on the concrete? Uh, the stage, the floor is, is uh, timber. Okay. The dance floor is tile. It's the original tile of the original places they have. It's rotten. They, they like the beat up shape, the, the finishing of it. They, they kept the tile. Okay. All right, that's fascinating. That actually brings us to our, uh, the OBC talk here, which is sound transmission. Uh, so I just want to share every dwelling unit, uh, and this is OBC, so this does not really have anything to do with Hong Kong there, uh, but I bet you some of it's probably relevant. Every dwelling okay. unit and every suite in a hotel must be separated from every other space in which noise may be generated by an assembly providing sound transmission rating of at least 50 
and then also where dwelling unit or suite in a hotel is adjacent to an elevator shaft or a refuse chute the sound transmission rating of the separating assembly must be at least 55 and then building services must that must be installed in separating assemblies must be installed in ways that do not decrease the sound transmission rating of the assembly so there's restrictions on how much you're allowed to do noise wise and enjoy this is all condo and high rise and hotel and everything like that so you deal with this all okay. the time too right it's not all the time though no. because we don't have that code for apartment like this apartment projects is there a building an- code there is there a general no, no there's no building code uh, as far as I know, there's no building codes, <laughs> but there should be some building codes. If you build, really build a building, we talk about interior fit out work. We don't even need permission of consent or, you know, permit for anything. If you renovate a house here. No inspectors? No. What Unless about- you're doing commercial jobs, like you're obtaining a license for a restaurant, they have the inspector for that. So, so you have kind of rules to follow. Before but general it, housing, residential, no. So if I wanted to renovate my house, I don't need any permission whatsoever. I can just start and do the work and that's it. Yes. But how do I know if you're doing the work properly or, or we're doing the work properly? Uh, no one cares. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, seriously. No no one cares because we got too many people here, I guess. That's the one of the reasons. Secondly is... Uh, for a house, what I think can consider an inspector to come is just a window. Window, uh, gas heater, even the E&M, the, 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 the electrician, don't have to like a, write a completion form of electrical rewiring. We don't need that. You just need a licensed guy to do the job for you. That's it. So and even pre- you, you hire a non-licensed guy, no one knows. Because no, you don't have to submit anything to the government before you start a renovation. That's the case. So the electrician needs to be licensed. Are there any other trades that need to be licensed? Or uh, Electrician, plumber, uh, the, the gas guy. The gas guy. Uh, HVAC, fire, surf, fire service, yeah. Yeah. But no license for painter and demolition. Uh, Framing, well, carpenter, car- no. No, but you can have a certificate. Though. If you want to like study for commentary, you can go to some some school to get a certificate. So just prove you can do it. And that was my next question: Is that the schooling process? Is there a lot of schooling there to get into construction to get into these licensed trades? Lately, I found that's like coming two to three different education. Uh, you, you call we call IFI. IVE educational education centers, that that kind of thing. Okay. So you can study the diploma for for building works, for uh, plumbing, electrical, any trade. But it's not that really common for all the trades people that come from the school. Even me, I study art school, but it turns out I become a contractor. So, <laughs> so people all. <laughs> Your People education really- was life. Your education was just, it was just life. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. I want to, uh, yeah. I want to ask you about um, how expensive is it to renovate? I mean, if you can give us an average size house and we want to renovate the entire home, how much mm. are we talking about it's going to cost and how long will it take to do that? 
for a typical Hong Kong size residential, like two room, we call it two room, uh, to three room, talking about sizes, 200 to maybe 500 square feet. Okay. Usually costs you 300,000 Hong Kong dollars around. What's the friend of Okay. So if we were to um, convert it, what would that work out to be about for American? I, I kind of make it kind of too low. Okay. I think it's so somewhere between 300 to 500. For $5,000. So for anywhere from 200 to 500 square foot, three, two or to yeah. three room a unit. Yes. Okay. One toilet, one kitchen. Wow. Yes. That's the Hong Kong's rate. Is it expensive compared to Canada? I think it's cheap. I well, what's the what's the conversion on that for a Hong it's Kong dollar? Be, I don't. I wouldn't even five, know. Five should be divided by five. Five point seven something. So you're dividing it. So then, basically, if we're looking at that, what does that work out to be? Um, do you let, know? Me, let me do a quick calculation. Three hundred dollars. We're doing calculations here too. <laughs> should be fifty-two thousand Canadian dollars. Fifty-two thousand. Oh, so it's about fifty-two thousand. That's far. That's, yeah. That's dr- We pay more in taxes. Really? Yeah, like you. That's extremely cheap, right? Here, yeah, here in Toronto, you can't get like a six hundred square foot a condo is going to cost you over a million dollars, no problem. You know what mm. I mean? And that's that's going to be two bedroom, probably one and a half. It'd be a two, one three piece bathroom, and then a one two piece bathroom, and then it'd be a kitchen family living area. Um, and that's your unit. You're paying over a million dollars, Canadian dollars, easily. Wow. That's wow. crazy. Wow. So that's you got, crazy. That's crazy. That's insane. How long would that normally take to renovate? Well, normal residential, two months. Two months? Two, yeah, two 60 working days to 90 working days is common. Wow. You guys are, yeah, you that's guys how, are, it, how it tackles. You guys are fast, man. <laughs> you guys are fast. Because we don't need permit, I guess. We don't have, you know, just just get in there. Just get it done. Do just it. go in there and get it yeah. done. That's it. Yeah, and leave. <laughs> That's oh. our spirit. I'm I'm fascinated by that. Okay, so is there anything that you haven't built yet that you want to build? That's all, like you've. I'm sure you're an artist, right? So I, I have a lot of respect mm. for artists. I'm sure that you're always dabbling. Thanks. You're always thinking about yeah. ideas. You, and then the thing is you haven't found a client yet that wants to use these ideas. Is there something that's on your list that you'd love to build? Uh, honestly, I don't have the list. I usually follow the flow. I believe in the law of attraction because well, it really works, though. I'm very excited. I'm going to build a, a craft beer brewery. It's oh. coming nine months. Yeah, so wow. it's like a big... Craft beer brewery in Hong Kong is 5,400 square feet. That's it's the big. biggest size I ever tackled for me. That's big. So, so 5,000 square feet is already big for me. Very big for me. So I'm very excited. I know nothing about beer making. I was going to ask you, are then. you bringing in a brewmaster? Or are they coming in to tell you specifics about construction and, and where certain things have to be and how to be? Are, are they coming in to do that? That's exactly the point I want to raise about the law of attraction because uh, I have a band. The guitarist of my band is a brewmaster. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he got that job for me. That's I, awesome. I basically work for his boss. That's, I yeah. love that. All right. So then that's, yeah. 
So now you got to make the band bigger and start getting other people that'll get more laws of attraction going on. That's it. Yeah, I wish. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so when do you when do you start the brewery and, and when you're expecting to finish it? I'm expecting to start working next month. Okay. And then probably finish next year in March, something. Yeah. What's the name of the brewery? Can you share that or not yet? I think it's okay. I don't care. It's okay. called Yachtley, Yachtley Brothers. Yachtley Brothers. And that's like that's local? It's a craft. It's craft, right? So it's got to be local. Yeah, it's local. It's okay. local. But the owner is a, is a guy from UK. Nice. Yes. That's going to be so interesting. What kind of interesting things are you going to be building outside of the actual brewery and the, the stations and everything like that? But what else are you? I'm, I'm assuming you're going to have a bar in there as well, too. People to come in. Yeah. And then sure. check it out. I mean, I've been to Ireland and I've been to the Guinness there and that's I could stay there. Cool. You know, if you can rent there, I'd yeah. stay there. But I mean, so what other kinds of things are you going to build there? Uh, the the boys proposed they want to do a multifunctional stage also, a little lifehouse section a bar, a kitchen, an office, and, uh, and more importantly, the brew house. A um, couple of uh, the, the, what, what they call boiler room. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The, also, the they use the glyco system for the cooling system, yep. which is totally new to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Others just typical factory requirement to obtain the license because we need to obtain the food factory license in order to make beer in Hong Kong. So, you need a food? You need a food license, not an alcohol, liquor license? Ah, funny, yes. They only need a food factory license. You don't need an alcohol making license because I have already asked that question, hey, do you need a specific like liquor license something to build a brewery? He said, no. I found funny, weird. It is a little weird. I mean, we over here, yeah. we need licenses for walking across the street. It's just like there's way too many licenses here, right? So, but I mean, that's a different, that's a different world. Um, yeah. but, so what else? I mean, I want to try to figure out from you, what materials do you like working with? What new materials have you come across? Or are you constantly using older materials that you like? Uh, I want to say this, but I haven't Googled it. My fault. It's the material. It's like a, we, we use as a plaster you ever see the how the chinese do the plastering like for the wall finishing painting the yeah, base so it's all by hand you, you're skimming it yeah yes yeah it's a material of a of a jelly it's like a grass jelly it's a natural material it's, it you already come in a bucket okay in a metal bucket it's a uh, I, I really think, have to I, give I you think the name I know later. what you're talking about. I just don't have the name. And there's actually a person here locally uh, that I'm. I'm uh, it's like a Venetian kind of plastering. It's like a um, like a polished, very very fine sand material uh, that is done a certain way, and it gives you this really beautiful finish. Uh, and I'm hoping to get them on the show as well too. But is it's, it's, I bet you any money it's similar to that. It already comes pre-colored, yeah. right? No. No, no, you, no you gotta, color. Okay. It's just a white line mixed with the jelly. Okay. We use hand, hand mix. But nowadays, some some guy do machine mix. Use a mixer, regular concrete mixer to mix that. And then we add some liquor to increase the strength the and strength then more sticky. Yeah, and, and you're applying do, it with a trowel. It as the yeah, you're using it as a yeah. trowel to put trial it on. Hawk. Nice. Trial and hawk, yes. And then you could pretty the much, what's, what's the base that you're using on that? Are you using green board or you're using drywall as the base or to the substrate? 
uh, the, the wall usually we do the paint job here because all the houses, even the room, existing room, is concrete. Yes. So what we do to refinish the wall usually, the procedure is we strip off all the old paint, all the old plaster, till we see the bare shell of the concrete, and then we seal it with water sealer. We see uh, like two layers, and then we put that jelly lime plaster on it, and then we sand it down, and then we paint. That's the procedure we do. Are you sanding it down before it's dry, or are you sanding it down after it's dry, and then you're using a mechanical sander? Is it a hand sander? Uh, we like to use hand, wow. because that kind of plaster is rather soft. If you use a machine sander, you can sand off all the plaster you did. And then there's, yeah, it's pointless at that time. If you remember the name of it, I'd love to know more about that product. If it's very similar to something I think that I know here uh, that a mm. lot of people are using here now because I personally have gotten tired of drywall and just doing wow. the joints and that's it. I'd rather have a full skim coat over everything. But once you do start doing a full skim of everything, like the old school UK way, like that's the way to do it. Um, yeah. you're, you have so many other options at that point. You can start creating certain kind of wall treatments and, and surface treatments, and then it starts to look mm. beautiful at that point, right? True. But for plasterboard, we like to use ready mix mud for plasterboard though, because the hand mixed style plaster it doesn't work really well with the plasterboard. It always crack. Okay. I found. Okay. So for plasterboard, we still do like mesh tape, like the way you do, and then then ready mixed mud, put it on, and then sometimes because the the ready mixed mud is usually harder, right? So we have to use machine sander to sand down that kind of mud. Let me that ask you this, uh, Pato. Um, uh. Are you, are all toilets, are all uh, bathrooms, are they all, do you guys always add a bidet to it? Because that's what I noticed. What? When I went to Japan, everywhere I went, I was using bathrooms or whatever. It could be in a regular place or it could be in a hotel or whatever. It was all bidet bathrooms, ah. bidet toilets. There is that the same thing in Hong Kong? I'm assuming it is. No. It's not? Absolutely no. Okay. All right. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I know. I, I know. It's just like, and I tell it. people once you use it the first time, you'll always want to use it. But I was yeah. surprised. I was surprised when I was there that uh, it's I was. It's not walking. a trend here, though. It's not a trend because it's very high end, very expensive, right? Yeah. 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 True. It's not a trend yet. I, I hope it's going to be a trend. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what can you share some of the brands that you guys are using for plumbing fixtures, or you know, when you're designing a bathroom and using it? I'm trying to figure out what brands you guys would use when you go to uh, stand up showers and toilets and sinks and things like that. Uh, for residential, if you're tight in budget, you use brandless Chinese made faucet or fixtures. If you have more budget, you go the European style. You you go house growth, uh, uh, grow, growy, growy, hands growy, growy. Yeah. Are you going Kohler and Toto? Yeah, we do all have we have all kind of brands. Same. Okay. Same. All right. And then what is it? Would it be like twice the price, the cost wise, if you're going with a brand name? I think can be four four five times more wow, expensive that much, because the Chinese yeah. made is so cheap. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and then tile-wise, where are you guys getting all your tile from? Is it there? Is it from China, or is it uh, you getting it from Europe? Some set is from. Uh, we 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 call it this way. We mainly always China. Every building material is all China, made in China. 
and the higher higher end is uh, export style is like portuguese tile italian tile some spanish tile but i don't trust them why they just like edit because the all the packaging you uh, see okay yeah i, yeah. I don't tr i don't really trust them it, it's just you see a flag of portuguese on it and they say it's made in spain <laughs> Anyway, anyway, that that's the, that's the choice. You have Spain, Portuguese, Italy, China. But you, as a designer and engineer, and you're scoping out, you have to also scope out materials. Or are you already given a list of materials that you're going to be using? Period. And that's that's like the clients already asked for that. Is that the idea, or or you have a say? Honestly, in it? it's it's not my job. It's my girlfriend's job. She's the designer. I, I'm the contractor. So she has that part. work and she's got to source out yes. everything. And where does yes. she look to China first or does she look outside of China? Uh, we usually go to shopping. There's a couple of streets that's full of building material in Hong Kong in different districts. So we can usually, the old school way, we bring the client to the street, like uh, shopping together. We go to check what kind of tile, comparison. So more... So right now we're doing more modern way. We propose a tile. We find some tile, or we got supply from the vendors. If we want higher end tiles, they send out samples. We do a sample board and send to the client. Submit and okay, approval, buy it. Is yeah. she getting paid to shop, or is she just being nice because of the job and that's it? I'm hoping she's getting paid to shop with the client. Honestly, no. I think no, because what we tend to do the design process is is the project depends uh, counted by the square feet. Yes, it's a unit price times square feet. We didn't break it down to I the. I know we're, you know, it's the same here. Is. It's the same here. I get it, but here when we have the designers, you know, they're getting paid to shop. They'll they there's a fee, huh. so they can go out with the client and then they'll do their shopping. They have their initial unit price, their scope, and then mm. any, anything above that. It's a, it's a shopping fee. It's a there's a compensation attached to it if they want to go get samples and full samples. Um, it's okay. all it's all additional costs, right? But a lot of people that get started. But, but how, in, how how that how that works though? So hour. it work hourly. Yeah, it's by the hour. Ah. I know, and okay. it can get very expensive. That's the thing about it, right? But then as as contractors, we'll have meetings on the job site here with a client. We're not being compensated for that where it's part of True. our workday, right? So we, we have True. so many other things to do during the workday, but yet then the client wants to ask us about this and ask us about that. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you set, set up a meeting and then the client won't even show up or maybe they'll Zoom it in. You know, they'll, they'll just do mm -hmm. FaceTime it and then you, you mm -hmm. don't really answer. So it's just, it's, it's a problem. That's all it is. So that's mm -hmm. why I was asking mm -hmm. if, she's, if she's getting compensated for her time, but she's not, right? Because it's a unit price because you guys have the job and now you have to uh, source out everything. Right. So yeah. that's why we cut this shopping section. Just we propose. If you're okay, you're not okay, we find another one. Just keep proposing. It's keeping more time. That's it. So, Pata, I'm just wondering, where, where do you see your business now? Ten years from now, where are you going to go from here? Mm, I really don't know, man. Haven't I thought really that far? I, I got, yeah, because I always, I'm the guy who follow the flow. I, yeah, I love whatever it. comes up. I love it. I just take it, yeah. What are Any you chance. What are you drinking there? I know we started the show and you were drinking something there. I can only assume it's finished. Yeah, I guess almost finished is some whiskey from Isla, Scotland. Oh, my favorite place. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna grab a bottle, man. All right. I don't even how 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 to pronounce it. Though. I'm not gonna try it. I'm not gonna try it. What? How many years whiskey is it? 
Uh, I think this is 10. 10 years? Yeah. It's, it's rather new. Yeah. It tastes nice. It's not bad. Tastes good. I got one more segment to do here. Green Book Talk, which is safety and, uh, and structure. Uh, we're going to talk about structure damage and demolition. Damaged structures mm. must be braced and shored with safeguards put in place to ensure worker safety. I got to ask you, how safe are the, the job sites there? Are they safe or like what happens if something does happen? It's not that safe, honestly. I, mean, I, I just want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. That's all it is. I don't want to say it. I want to hear from you. <laughs> it's not that safe, man. Okay. We, we still allow you, you, you know, the wood ladder yeah. on site. The, the, oh, wood, that's so right. We, that's right. Yes, you do. I've seen that before. And that's the most dangerous but, ladder to use. I know. But we fucking love it because without <laughs> it, we don't know how to do it, you know, for the painter, for the plaster. Pata, I just wanted you to say it. it. I don't want to say it. That's all. Uh, so then safeguards <laughs> must be installed progressively from the safe area towards the hazard. Only workers directly engaged in demolition may be in or near the structure. This is all applicable to you, right? Like this is all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> if demolition is halted, barriers must be put up and prevent access to the structure. All gas, electrical, and other hazardous services must be shut off. All toxic, flammable, and explosive uh, must be removed unless the demolition is performed via wrecking ball, doze, bulldozer, or explosives. Demolitions and dismantling of a structure must be moved to from the front, from the highest point to the lowest point. All glass must be removed before any exterior wall can be demolished. Basements left after demolition must be either backfilled or to grade level or fenced along its open sides. Um, hmm. Do you guys ever demolish an entire building and start from scratch again? Does that happen every time or any time? Entire building, no, no, no you still no. keep. We're it. talking about Hong Kong. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we, the buildings are built a certain way that they last a certain, like they last a long time, and you're just constantly renovating course. the buildings, right? Inside the building, yeah. Just what we inside. call demolition is just chipping off tiles, stripping off paint, that kind of demo. Like, uh, yeah, demo a wall, that kind of demolition. It's not demo the whole house like you guys do. But what about what about electrical and like you said earlier in the show where you're talking about a lot of the the water services were in uh, metal pipe and now being yeah. converted to copper pipe. Um, what if the building is so old that it has older wiring and older pipes? Then you wouldn't still demolish the whole building. You're just going to carve out the old and then put new lines in. Is that what you guys do? Ah, uh, it depends. It depends the budget though. We 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 can do both way. Okay. Just cut the old one and, and run a brand new one, or keep the old one and also run a brand new one. Depends. All right. So, Pato, let me ask you is there, like, we have the construction bone. Is there something that you don't like about construction? Like, currently. Of course. Oh, okay. Like, what? <laughs> Share it with me. Uh, like, like, uh, you have a word for it a Pinterest customer. Oh. You guys cost, have that yeah. there too, man? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> they just some client they, they never want to pay for the interior design. No. Cuz they cuz they think they know how to design, right? They yeah. know what they, what the fuck they want, right? And they pull up the <laughs> the, the, the Pinterest is showing you I want this corner look like this. So they do that, that too, huh? Like that. Uh, yes, globally, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm not surprised. I got to say I'm not surprised. So they, they show up mm. and they have the, uh, they have a tablet and they're showing you 
all these ideas yeah. and then make it look like this. That's it. Period. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that's not and you. They said they, I don't care how you build it. I just want this. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't say it that way. There's got to be a nice way to say it, right? Yeah, a more presentable way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A much I can't more do present. that. No, no. Can you share with how you present <laughs> it or how you look at it? Or is it just a matter of you look at the client a certain way and walk away? I mean, that's generally what I do. I don't even say anything because I say everything in my body language. That's how I say it. That's yeah. how I answer it. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. That's a wise way. <laughs> so that's the biggest thing that bothers you. And and and, and uh, anything else? Is there any other little things that go on or? Um, not much. I'm pretty happy with what I have now. Is your dad happy with you being where you are right now and where you've taken construction? I think he do. Yeah. I think he do. Has he told yeah. you? Or it's a quiet kind of expression. Uh, you know, Chinese style. <laughs> I know Chinese style. I know. Yeah, I we, know. we don't talk that. A lot That's is said that. without ever saying a word. I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, true. Uh, he's probably proud of you. Proud of me. Yeah, he's very proud of you, right? Because the work that you've I'm done. I'm proud of him too. Yeah, uh, that's awesome, man. All right, so yeah. let, let's do the 12 questions of construction. You ready for this? All right, all right, yes. All right, so I just want to share with everybody, uh, you can reach out to him, right? So it's Pata Chan, and his website is www.kwaihinian.com, and his email is the same thing with his name in front of it. Uh, and you can also go on IG, and you'll find him at Pata underscore Chan. Sorry, Chan, Chan. Um, yeah, Chan. And then uh, here's the 12 questions of construction. What is your favorite word? Scope. Scope. What is yes. your least favorite construction word? Tender. Yeah. <laughs> what turns you on in construction? Uh, got pay on time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a nice thing, man. It's a simple thing. It's a nice thing. You did the work. Exactly. Let's get, let's get paid. What turns you exactly. off in construction? Not getting pay. Yeah. <laughs> is that common? Pata, is that, is that, is that pretty common there? Like, or, or you can kind of smell it. Like, you can kind of see it. It, it might happen. It's kind of common. Okay. It's kind of common. Yeah. It happened to every contractor, I believe. That's a shame. It's a shame. Yes. What is your favorite curse word? Or it could be a phrase. And it could be, I guess, in Chinese. Uh, I have both Chinese and English version. I have All Chinese. Right. Share, I have share a... both, man. Okay. Olan. Olan? Olan. Okay. What is that? Uh, literally means you shitting our penis. So. <laughs> I'm going to so start using really, the English really translation fun. of that. I'm going to start using the English translation of that one here, man. You're shitting on my penis. All right. Okay. I like that one. All right. <laughs> English, I like to say fuck's sake. Fuck's yeah. sake. That's it. That's it. Mm. Uh, what is your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Uh, I guess it should be my, I have a vintage 1979 Toyota Crown MS-105. It's oh. a old school sedan. Yeah, I know what it is. It's got to be black, right? Uh, it's dark blue. Dark blue. That's a beautiful car. Very sexy. That's very a beautiful sexy. car. That's a very beautiful car. What is your yeah, least thanks. favorite vehicle in the world? Uh, any smart car. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> are there Honda a lot there? Are, there? are there a lot of them there? A lot, a lot. Just really? feet, feet. Ah, oh, shit, man. I can't look at it. Uh, 
<laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, when I right there. Ah, the sound of the trial back and forth with the hawk. Love it. Are there more guys with hawks or trays? We never use trays. I'm a, that's exactly I. You yeah, guys, you're you old, never seen one. You're old hawk. school. It's it. It has to be the hawk. It has to be the hawk. It should be. Yeah. I know. I know. What uh, construction sound noise do you hate? Uh, oscillating tools hitting some <laughs> metal. <laughs> And just rattling, rattling a sound that does not belong in 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 this yeah. universe. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Uh, I want to be a movie director. You're gonna get into films. Yeah, I want to. Nice. Are you I building? Are you building your network over there? Ah, uh, no, not yet. Not yet. But I have friends who love movies. I yeah. think we can work together. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Well, yes, we can. We definitely can. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, any jobs related financial bank, that type. Not me. I know. Never. Yeah. And yeah. last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? <laughs> oh, shit. Please forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think we uh, we talked about a lot, man. I'm, I'm I'm like I'm so glad that you made the time to do this. I know it's getting late or getting early, depending on uh, how far into the bottle you are right now uh, to, to to get going. But the thing is, I really appreciate your time being on the on the show and sharing this. And uh, is there anything else that you want to share to the listeners that are, are checking this out? I'm okay. I'm yeah. so happy to see you, man. Man, yeah, no, it was Thank amazing you. to actually start talking. And you never know. Pat, one one day I'll be there, man. I'll pass by and say hello, and then you can walk me through everything that we just talked about, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy the thank weekend, you. and we'll talk soon. You too. Okay, everyone, check him out again. All right, uh, Pata Chan, and it's com, and his email's there, and his Instagram is Pata underscore Chan. That's it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It. Take care. We're out of here. Thank you, man.